So last time you were on this podcast, you were a boyfriend. What is yeah. it like being a fiance? It's better than I imagined, actually. Really? It's, yeah. I said, let's take a Instagram photo and then you're not going to argue with that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that was an easy sell. I am so street smart. <laughs> We've decided this. <laughs> Sometimes not. What? No, but... the other day you said I am the street smart one. So the reason you called yourself street smart was because you predicted correctly that there would be a bathroom in Nordstrom. Well, no, there was something else before that. These are the must-discussed things that we need to talk about before getting married. Number one, babies. When do you want to have babies? How many babies do you want? When we get married, how will we split finances, bills, childcare? My name's Mimi Bouchard, founder of Superhuman, the transformational app that helps you become your future self so that you can finally start attracting more joy, abundance, health, wealth, and love into your life. And that's also my mission on this podcast. Meet people whose lives have been transformed in big and small ways, but always for the better. They tell me how they did it so that you can too. Today on the podcast, the hard stuff that every couple needs to talk about before walking down the aisle with my ex-boyfriend and current fiance, Ben Darby. Benjamin William Darby, back on the episode. Back on the podcast. (laughs) Back on the episode. I'm obviously flustered because I'm so nervous for this interview. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. So last time you were on this podcast, you were a boyfriend. What is it like being a fiance? It's better than I imagined, actually. Really? It's, yeah, I I guess um, I didn't really think about. Is this meant to be an actual long question or? Yeah, no, like. Sure. Let, tell um, me how you feel different. Well, I feel like it's a sense of achievement, definitely. <laughs> um, if you've pulled something off and it's worked out, you've made someone very happy, and it feels right. You know, we're in the right place now. You know, if you did it too early, it would feel a bit stressful. But this is just the right timing. Feels great. It was perfect timing. So. Yeah. The past episodes that you've been on, we've spoken about a lot of things, but with this new season of the podcast, I like to go deeper. Uh And my intention is to really peel the onion layers back. So I actually got a ton of questions from the listeners on Instagram talking about what things you must discuss with your partner before getting married. And we're going to get into that, but before we do... I would love to dive in with the engagement because on one of my recent solo episodes, I spoke about the proposal from my yeah. perspective. Yeah. I'd love to hear it from your perspective. Tell me all the ins and outs when it comes to planning an engagement, when it comes to understanding that you're ready, and all of the ins and outs in between. Well, I think when you're ready is like, as I discussed you should know it. You should be very comfortable with the person. You should know that you're you're going to marry them. You should only want to be with them forever onwards. Um, so that's the first step. But then it's like a it's a it's a strange thing to get your head around to actually make the moves and do it. And you might see some of your friends doing it and stuff like that. You can't imagine yourself doing it. I think once you just first like anything else, you take the first couple of steps, and then it flows a lot more logically. It's it's more the idea itself before you've touched it that's uh, that's strange. So once you start getting it going, particularly if you get a nice jeweler involved, who are basically that they're, they're not just like a jeweler; they they kind of like tailor this experience for you. If you're in good hands with a decent jeweler that can make the experience a lot better as well. And then the next thing is a lot of planning. I would say just do as much planning as you can and like have fallback plans 
don't be set on it has to be exactly this way, but there's like a whole network of of plans that can go down. It's not like I like had some like Navy SEAL planning mission set out, but I had like an idea of how it was going to go. And then if this happened, then we'll do this. If this happened, then we'll do this. And you know, there's like a few routes to go down. It more or less turned out the original ideal plan. I never thought about it too much. I never stressed about it too much because I didn't. Also, I didn't tell many people, so that takes a little bit of you pressure didn't tell off anyone you. Except well, the people involved. It was need to know basis. Yeah. It was jeweler who I was picking up from Canadian border. <laughs> um, yeah, that was. It was really only people that needed to know. Wait, you say Canadian border. Tell oh, the yeah, audience what just happened. A, it's just a stupid story. Tell yeah. the audience. I came in for a day to Canada. I always get hassled at the Canadian Wait, border. Wait, because our jeweler is based in Toronto. In Toronto, Brenda yeah. Radford, one of my best friends, yeah. Victoria Radford's mom. Highly recommended. She is incredible and Ben had the best experience because yeah. of her. Yeah. But you went... You flew to Canada for, for yeah, one I night. Yeah, did, I didn't want to like send it through the post or something, yeah. particularly internationally. Um, I wanted to like pick it up. And so I came to Canada for one day. I guess that looks a little bit strange at the border. But, I mean, you're coming to a country and buying from someone in that country. It should be a good thing. But at the Canadian border, they love to give me um, trouble. Um, you can swear. Yeah, they love to give me some shit at the Canadian border. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's, it's, I'm a prime target. This guy, for some reason, wanted to kind of like act like I was conspiring to commit a crime or something because I was coming to Canada and buying something expensive from a Canadian, which is just bizarre. But anyway, uh, I sort of confided in him because I thought he'd be like, oh, that's sweet, but I made a massive mistake. Basically, just tell them as little as possible when you go through the border. So yeah, I came in for a day in out. You were actually in the country at the time. That's a different story. But yeah, I, I was in, in Canada. Out. This was, um, you know, over December holidays. And uh, yeah. I went to Canada. Ben was staying in the Bahamas where we live before going just to the UK. Christmas, yeah. Yeah, just before Christmas. And uh, I was in Toronto staying with family. And I thought Ben was in the Bahamas. But honestly, without me even knowing, he flew overnight to, uh, to Toronto to pick up this ring. And it was yeah. definitely some risky business because that evening I called you. We always talk when we're away. Yeah. And tell us that story. Again, I thought about that beforehand and I was like right well hopefully she doesn't call me too early I'll just I won't and it's answer not a FaceTime. yeah I won't answer if it's like where I'm going to be somewhere where I can't uh, where I can't put the camera on but I, I switched the lights off and I was like right if she calls now with video it's no problem lights are off but the AC was making some weird noise that definitely you would have known it wasn't home so it did it a couple of times I had to like put it under the covers I didn't hear it yeah yeah but you didn't call with with video but I had a whole conversation with you there you thinking that, that I you're was on the in, sofa yeah that I was on the sofa but I was in an airport hotel hilarious <laughs> so do you remember the first time that it occurred to you that you wanted to marry me I think we talked about it loads, like years ago as well. Like uh, it was becoming more and more obvious, but we talked about it lots. I mean, uh, couples tend to do that, don't they? I'm sure it comes up. We were familiar with that conversationally. Was there a moment in the process of getting the ring and really deciding that you're about to propose to me? Was there a moment where you were just like, oh my God, this is really happening? No, because I didn't tell anyone. I hadn't really thought it through. I just, I, I just didn't overthink at all. Maybe that's just a male thing. <laughs> you just know, intuitively knew. Yeah, I just, I, I, didn't, I didn't overthink it at all. I mean, we're five years in. We've discussed it lots. It's not, it's not really. I, and I know what you mean about, you know, you can think about something, but oh, it's about to happen. I think the only time when that 
just about dawned was literally when it was happening. But it didn't feel scary or anything like that. So what I did is I, I did like a lot of preparation. I, I kind of like, when you do a lot of preparation, you just take as many variables out of your own hands. And like, you know, I wrote like a letter for you to read out that saved me having to come up with some speech on the moment, which never would have sounded as good as if I'd just written it before. And you know handwritten letters are my love exactly, language. Exactly, so it just it fit hand in hand. It was perfect. I'm going to frame that. the obvious choice. Yeah, and, uh, yeah exactly. So it's, it's, another, it's another thing for you to keep as well. So mm-hmm. we got a letter, a pine cone, a ring, and a Wait, ski map. rewind. Tell the audience why we have a pine cone. A pine cone, okay. So <laughs> no one's going to find this funny. I know, but we're so weird. We have all these um, weird little things about us. That, yeah. And one of them is pine cone related. Go when ahead. I first went to Canada with you, on our, I have, his first I have quite trip. a few strange moments where I just like go down a sort of strange hole with you, and ben? you either laugh or you just find it strange. But I just keep, keep going. Yeah. And um, we went to some park the first. This was like one year in, less than no. A year it was in. like six months. Six and it was your in. first trip to Canada to meet my family. And I picked up a pine cone and I was kind of like keeping it around with me. I can't remember exactly what I was doing, but we were kind of laughing at the idea that. I had this pine cone with me, and I was like putting it in all of our selfies for that whole day. <laughs> I was just being weird with a pine cone, tr- trying to make you laugh. And I think we lost that pine cone at some point. At God knows I what think one of our it. cleaners in London threw it out. Threw it out, yeah. So I don't know if the, the listeners bet, know that. I bet our the cleaner setting. in the Bahamas is going to throw out the other one. It's probably gone right now. It's right now. Been <laughs> We're having in a some bin. issues right now with our cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. And so the, I don't know if the listeners know the setting of okay, where we got Okay, yeah, no, so talk to us about that. Yeah, the setting. So, where um, were we? Was, what happened? It was like up the mountain. Um, in the Swiss Alps. Yeah, up the mountain, Swiss Alps, um, Verbier Four Valleys. There's not many secluded places up on Ski Mountain, so we looked for a place that was like in the trees. But how did the you best. paint it? Why was I going into the trees with you without knowing I was going to get proposed to? Oh, because I said, let's take a Instagram photo, and then you're not going to argue with that one, <laughs> are you? So that was an easy sell. Um, so we, we Manipulator. found Well, we found a, yeah, I mean, we found a nice little spot surrounded by some trees and some deep snow. And Untouched snow. Going back to the pine cone, there was, they were like pine trees, so they had some pine cones there. And then we had Our this wonderful witness. moment. And then I looked over and I said, pine cone, our witness. And now we have a pine and cone I went to treasure the memory. Out, and it's actually a really nice one. It's a really cute pine cone. Um, okay, so what was the thing that you wanted to get right the most? The ring, the proposal, the location. What was the most important to you? Um, you have always said that movie moments are something that's very important to you. So I wanted to get that right. I knew it had to be, it couldn't be an ordinary proposal. It had to be a very good one. So that that did put, like I did feel a bit of pressure because of that. But then um, the trip we had planned and the ring I, I just saw was turning out so great. So I was like, well, that is going to go down well. It actually went down better than than I thought it might. So basically in my own hands... The ring doesn't look that big versus you are a giant. Versus in Mimi's hands, it looks enormous. Because I'm tiny. So when I first got it, I thought, I was like, oh god, that's small. Like obviously, it was on my finger; it would look small, but not on yours. Yeah, I knew it, it was very important for it to be like a a very romantic moment because it only happens hopefully once in your life. Hopefully, and <laughs> definitely, <laughs> um, and yeah, it's once it's, it happens and it's gone and. And tell us about how you filmed the moment, Sneaky yeah, Boy. Yeah, so I have a GoPro, uh, which is normally for uh, jet, jet ski, ski filming. Ben's um, a, an avid jet skier. 
You'll see him around the Bahamas, jet skiing yeah. around. If you try and use an iPhone on a jet ski, it just doesn't work. It will either go in the water. Wait, or what's you... your what's that picture again? All pictures, all social media pictures are moi on jet ski. Okay. Yeah, I should update that. I have, uh, yeah, I have a, a GoPro, which is like I just use for that basically. And I thought maybe it'd be good for skiing. I, I actually had no intention to use it for skiing. It looks unsuspicious to bring a GoPro for skiing. And you mounted it on your helmet? Yeah, I had a little strap on the helmet. I hadn't put it on, but when we went into the woods, into the little collection of trees up the mountain, I kind of just like put it over the helmet and it's it gives it a good base for it to sit on. And you actually didn't clock that at no, all. No, and you, you aimed just, it perfectly. The video I did. is I so clear. It. Yeah, yeah. And, I and didn't even notice did it. did audio and everything. It was ama- it's an amazing video. It's an People amazing. Are see it now. Yeah, I know. I posted a snippet in one of my reels, but it's such a personal thing too. Yeah. I must say I didn't realize how much I would cry when the moment happened. I was bawling, yeah. Yeah. heaving. Yeah. Yeah. Was that a surprise to you? That was a little bit of a surprise, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I couldn't control myself. You know I'm a very sensitive girl. Yeah. So you didn't answer what was the most important thing to get right? The ring, the proposal, the location? Oh, it depends on on the um, individual. Um, the but movie in your case, thing. In your case, yeah, I thought it was the moment. Mm-hmm. And I did think you would care about a good ring. So well, that's why. you knew the ring I wanted. How about you tell the audience well, about I knew, that? Well, I knew the rough design of it. And I just worked with the, with the jeweler to see how we could make that happen. And then, I mean, it, it was just off an image. Yeah. Um, which is like a rough rough design and then let's talk about that because a lot of women are scared to bring up rings to their boyfriends to not scare them away a lot of them aren't (laughs) a lot of them aren't but how did I bring it up to you I know we were four years in and and was it weird to you that I because I I I like what I like and I would never want you to purchase something of such a huge investment um you know if it wasn't something that I would want it would obviously be really like sad for you to have purchased something that I didn't like, and you know, I'd be honest about it too, because yeah. I'm not going to wear something yeah. that that I don't like. Um, but tell me about about that, because a lot of women are thinking to themselves, okay, how do I bring this up in an organic way? Was it organic the way that I brought it up? Do you remember it? It's a normal discussion to have, I think. Yeah, you I remember asked it. me too. What kind of ring do you like? Like a while ago, we kind of always had this open. Yeah. Rapport. Also, you know, I can see your Instagram feed being 90-ish percent okay. rings at the time. so um, Exposing me. Uh, I never pressured you, though. No, you never pressured. Yeah, I, was, you were, I made were, sure <clears throat> to never pressure you because you've told me stories about people that you know yeah, no, that I, pressure their boyfriends and give them ultimatums, and it's very unattractive. Yeah, a, a lot of my friends have got full-blown ultimatums, and it's kind of a standoff. It's like a negotiation. What, like what kind of ultimatum? Uh, as in, if, if you don't propose by January, by the next year, I'm gone. And then the guy's like, I'll then see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. And then you're like, clearly. So how do men really feel when women pressure them to propose? Um, it's like anything. I think if a girl was feeling pressured to do anything, it's it's it, it pushes you away from that. It makes it less fun. It makes it less nice and and special. So it, you managed it perfectly. You know, you su- you suggest it, and you can suggest things in in cheeky ways, and it doesn't. You know, even in not cheeky way, you can just say say what you like and what you and it's up to them and in the way that you're saying it as long as it's not pressuring and you should know how your partner's going to respond anyway mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people know full well they're pressuring they don't care but mm-hmm. it's, it's it's not a good thing you're going to get a worse experience from your proposal i think if you if you pressure right something like that and you proposed at the beginning of our three-week-long trip um, at yeah. the end of December, yeah. going into January. What was your decision-making around that? 
at the beginning, oh, yeah, yeah you want to get, um, if you've got, like, some lovely trip together, you want to bask in the joy of being engaged for that trip. I mean, that's just an obvious move. And also, adding, out, adding on to that is there's a bit of, like, apprehension and nervousness before you do it. So you want to get that over and done with, and then you can enjoy it as well. And that time is more than, more than I imagined a really enjoyable, great time for both of you because for the lady, it's like, oh, my God, this person loves me so much. They went and did this. They want to be with me forever. They've, you know, done this massive gesture for me. This is happening. It's happened. Um, and then from the guy, it's like, assuming it's all gone right, it's I've made my fiancé so happy. You say that, but didn't um, it make you very happy too? That's, You're not that's what I mean. proposing so that's, for yourself, for, for someone no, no, else. No, and that's what I'm saying. I'm saying from the guy's side, I've made my... There's a great feeling you get for I've done so well. I've made mm -hmm. my partner so happy. Yeah, and she said yes. She wants to spend the rest and of her life with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not many people say no. I don't know. I haven't heard that too many times. It happens. Yeah. I've seen it happen on Instagram reels <laughs> that I get targeted with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so bringing it deeper here, what has been the most challenging thing for you at this stage in the relationship? And by the way, you can be as open as, as you'd like really? on this show. Yeah. <laughs> what's the most challenging yeah, thing? Yeah, what's the most today? challenging thing for you at this stage in the relationship? I wouldn't, I, that's strange because I wouldn't say there's the, there's anything that challenging about our relationship. It's pretty easy. It's definitely one of the, the kind of most perfect parts of our life. What's challenging? Um, that can be an answer too. We're in a bit of a honeymoon stage right now as well, post-engagement. We've been we're, we're so well matched. in love. We, we haven't had too many difficulties. Um, We've had some. Yeah, I'm saying not too many. Yeah. But I really can't think of something right now. Yeah, me neither. When I think about it, there aren't any challenges. I feel like right now we are the best that we've ever been. Yeah, very we in sync, very, very on the same sync. page. Very in love. It's weird because in we've love. been engaged. engaged. The engagement really weirdly changed something for me and I don't know what it is and I loved you more than anything before the engagement but now I'm like I just I have this love in my heart that I have never experienced before like it's you think you're so deeply in it and then you get deeper and you're like what this existed yeah what well, is a different type of relationship a married one mm -hmm. like that is a, a very a serious permanent yeah um, so I know that you love me <laughs> and I love you too but what's the biggest reason that you've stayed in love with me? Um, we're best best friends. We just, um, we get on so well. We love being around each other. That is yeah. the main reason. You can think someone's hot all you like, but you've got to spend time with them all day and have fun with them and enjoy day-to-day -day with them. I agree. All right, want to get into some listener questions? Yeah. So these questions um, essentially are, Questions that people think we need to discuss, topics that they believe we need to discuss before getting married. We are newly engaged. We are going to get married. Hopefully in the next couple of years, we haven't started planning yet. But these are the must-discussed things that we need to talk about before getting married. And I know we've spoken about some before, but let's discuss them openly for the public. Number one, babies. When do you want to have babies? How many babies do you want? How are we going to create balance in our relationship when we have children? Who's going to do what? Let's get into the baby topic because this is something we need to align with before getting married. What are your initial thoughts? Uh, I would say two or three. Um, oh, I thought you were like set on two. I want three. I'm so happy you said that. Two or three. Okay. For the other bits of that question, 
I am not knowledgeable enough. I I can't really comprehend how it's going to change a lot change our lives. I know that it's going to really change a lot, but I have no idea what that really is going to look like. I don't know if it's all the same for every type of parent or you can handle it in different ways and have a different experience. I don't know. You probably know a lot more about this than yeah. I do. So I'm kind of a little bit in the dark about when that do you kind want of to have stuff. Kids? Um, it was up to you. I would like to definitely after marriage. And then I don't know because I do enjoy coming and doing stuff like this. Like we just I know. Whoosh, go to LA, do our own thing. We don't have anything to worry about at home. I do like that kind of stuff. And particularly if we're going to be living, if we're going to be between London and Bahamas, coming back and forth and stuff like that could create a lot more logistics and things like that. But then I don't want to delay it too long. I don't want to be some old dad. I feel the same. And I know, you know, a year ago we spoke about having kids sooner because of that revelation, I guess you could call it, that I had about a year ago when I went to visit Toronto and my cousin had just had a baby and I held this four or five month old baby in my arms and I randomly just started crying. (laughs) Do you remember? Well, you weren't there, but I told you about it when I got home. And it was this intense, primal pull to have a child. It's so weird because I'm getting like emotional talking about it. I cannot wait to be a mom. And like, I just feel like there are, like there, there's a baby wanting to be born Mm -hmm. as soon as possible. But recently, and I haven't really talked to you about this, but recently I've had the same feeling as you that I love being free and Mm -hmm. I love, you know, being selfish just with you and me right now. Mm -hmm. And we're still so young. I'm 26, you're 31. Yeah, yeah. And we have all the time in the world right now. And it will happen. It's inevitable. But I just can't wait because this like instinct in my body is like, I cannot wait. Like when I see videos of children, when I hold a baby, I just like yearn for it. And I can't wait to have a little mix of you and I running around the house. But I I agree with you. I've changed my tune because last year we had that conversation about, wait, should we have kids earlier? Should we have kids, you know, should we start this year or next year? But then we kind of decided, you know what, maybe maybe right now is, why why are we rushing it? Even though we want it, it's inevitably going to happen. Why don't we just like soak in the years that we have? Yeah, I, I feel like there's definitely some things that we would like to kind of do and satisfy before um, before having to do everything with children. But then it's interesting with you because I know that you're interviewing me, but there's an interesting, because part of you wants to have babies soon as, but then there's another part of you that's like, oh, I need to be in this house or I need to have this life situation where I have babies. So how do you play I know. those two against each other? It's it's. I'm telling you, the instinct of me wanting a child is that primal feeling that's like, I would be happy right now. And and to be fair, if I did accidentally get pregnant right now, we've talked about this, like we would keep it, but we're not we're not interested in trying for for a while. Yeah, it's not the plan. Um, it's not the plan at all. But but yeah, you know, I have those two sides to me, but I'm leaning a little bit more towards the logical side of okay, I want to build my business as much as possible right now. And I know you can do both, but I want to give my full attention to my business when it comes to my, you know, day-to-day life. And my goal that we've spoken about, you know, obviously at home, privately, is I'd love to sell my business or sell majority 
of of my business uh, at some point in the coming five years and then just take a step back to relax because I have realized I don't know if I'm going to be able to have children and be working full time at the beginning. I really want to have that freedom just when I think about my future self and I think about my life that I want. I want to be there in the early stages of, of having a child. And maybe I'm a bit involved in the business um, day to day, but I, I have this goal. So it's this like these competing wants in my mind of like, okay, I want to be this businesswoman. I want to, you know, achieve greatness with this company. But then I also just can't wait to be a mama. Um, and I know that obviously, you know, you, if, you know, are kind of aligned here as well. You have your own business and you're working incredibly hard on that right now. It just doesn't seem like the perfect time, but God, am I excited for it. Mm -hmm. And what about the being in a certain property? Because yes. that is a big We can't have a mentioned. child in the current apartment we're living yeah. in. We are living in... So that's a, that's a, well, a set thing. Is that... I just, I can't see it. Mm -hmm. I can't see it. This is something that, yes, like you said, like I, I see myself giving birth and having a baby and being in a home where we have enough room to have maybe a night nurse um, mm -hmm. or, you know, some help as well. Because there are two options, you know, whether <laughs> we, we have that extra help and I'm working or, you know, I'd also probably want some help even if I wasn't working because it's, you know, the first child. You want someone very experienced yeah. being there with you. But Also, yeah, if you're in a room doing like a Zoom call yeah. and then there's a baby next to We her. don't have enough space right now. Yeah. I know it's possible and I know for the first few years of a child's life, you don't need a lot of space. But I envision myself as a mother already having reached a large level a very high level of success. And again, that might change. <laughs> we have no idea what's going to happen, but we're really living conservatively with the money that we are earning right now. And, you know, we have a two-bedroom place, thousand-square-foot uh, condo in the Bahamas. And that's not a small place. That is, it's a very nice place. But, you know, the second bedroom is going to become an office soon. And we have one very large uh, living and dining area that it's just open concept. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're going to need more space. Yeah. And I would love to have a child that also grows up with a backyard. We could just open the back door. You know, they're in the grass and in the dirt. Right now we're living in a condo. And again, I'm sure so many people listening have, you know, have children that, that live in a condo. But yeah. for, for me, that's something that I just, when I think about having kids, I visualize being in a house. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's that's just what I think about it. So I think Fair we enough. will wait. I think we will wait. Um, and I know that you're happy too as well. I just can't wait. I, I, I can't wait for that moment because it's going to be so special and uh, just got to be a bit more patient. Definitely. Yeah. I'm not in as much of a rush. I know. I'm, I'm not I'm in happy a rush. To let it I used to be in a rush, naturally. but now I'm not. I, I used to want to be a young mom yeah. and I because I had this like deep instinct, this like female craving. Your body craving. was uh, trying to trigger something in you. My ovaries would tingle when I saw a child on an Instagram reel. Like my ovary, like you don't know what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this like deep yearning for a baby. Yeah, like my I boobs, mean, yeah. like I have dreams about breastfeeding. Yeah. Like, it's really weird. A bit weird. like a man gets horny or whatever. It's, it's the natural. Oh, come on. Like natural... You're excited to be a dad. <laughs> um, you're not? I, I am. Well, yeah. So to be you clear. You talk to me about this behind yeah, closed yeah, doors. Yeah, yeah. You to, can't wait. To be clear, for me, the, the thought of a, a baby, like a young, like You're sub... more into older kids when it comes to like, you know, you can communicate with them and. Yeah, yeah. So they're kind of like sub three years old. I don't know if this is a man thing or what, but. 
doesn't appeal massively to me. Like, it's not something I'm, like, particularly excited about. But the kind of, like, child, those years onwards, I definitely find very sweet and um, can see myself interacting better with. Yeah. You with. know, it's so funny, I'm the opposite. Yeah, I don't think, I, When I, I think, think about that's... kids, I don't think about, you know, four years old plus, I just think, I want a baby. Yeah, <laughs> and I think, I think that... That is like just nature, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think that's like obviously different people have different views, but I feel like that is kind of like an, a natural trend. Yeah, I'm glad you're honest about that. But I think yeah, it will definitely. change when you have no, but your like, own kid. A couple of years ago, was not interested in kids whatsoever. Yeah. Didn't like them. No, I know. <laughs> Found them it annoying. It sucks, yeah. yeah. But now you've changed your tune, and it's been very cute to watch. So how do you expect us to split roles when we have kids? I know we've spoken about this behind closed doors. Who's going to be the authoritative one? Who's going to be the one that, you know, can be a little bit more lenient? Like, I, there are always different roles with parenthood. These roles come at different ages anyway, don't they? Like, yeah. a, ba ba a baby's got, it's just eats, doesn't yeah. it? Um, and cries, and then you kind of, I don't know exactly what you do with, with a baby, but I feel like you're going to know a lot better than me. Yeah. What to do there? Obviously, I will support. Um, diaper but changing. in terms, yeah, down the line, yeah, I, well, yeah, yeah. You're going to be really good at diaper changing. Yeah. Hey, if I hold a baby in my tummy for nine months, you know, it's actually more like 10 months. I realized the other day I heard really? that. Yeah. If I hold a baby in my tummy for that long, I go through birth. Yeah. You know, I think the men definitely, you know, need to step it up post birth and, and help around. There's a, a role lot. before that. We're looking after you. While yes. you're pregnant. Oh, so, for sure. You're very yeah. good at looking after me. I am, yeah. I love it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to do with the baby, so I'll kind of take your lead. And you have a lot more kind of interest in that, so I'll just, you'll find the information, pass it on to me. Yeah, cool. How do you want to raise them? Quite normally, to be honest. I think that I want some kind of like, some kind of like discipline and defined roles and stuff like that. But other than that, you're free to do do what you like and stuff like that. I mean... It's hard to put it into words because there's a lot to it there. But they've definitely got to respect their parents a lot. That's very important. But at the same time, they don't have to like, I'm not going to dress them up how I want them to dress. And mm -hmm. I'm not going to be on their back the whole time about cleaning their room and things like that necessarily. Um, but we'll see how it unfolds. I think a lot of people go into it with a plan and they don't, they don't have any idea. Yeah, I definitely want like a, a fun relationship with the kids, but then also quite a kind of, they know their boundaries, they know there's a different, I'm not, I'm not a parent as a friend. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. So how would you deal with a difference in opinion on parenting style if we're butting heads about something? How would we oh, deal with it, it, I guess? it depends how strongly I feel about it. I, um, I think I'd be pretty flexible. I think you probably know a lot. And I, the thing is, I trust your decision-making a lot, generally. Um, so I feel like... And often we've worked this out a lot recently. Is that Mimi often turns up, ends up being right? <laughs> she often like. Wait, we're, we're things, recording, right? Okay. <laughs> a lot of things. I'm like, mm, and then we let it play out, and and Mimi's right. I mean, she, she's been getting better at this, though. It's not and always I've been I've always way. been right. You're just starting to realize it. You're getting more right. I am so street smart. You are book smart. Street, street I am street smart. smart. We've decided this. <laughs> Sometimes not street smart. What? No, but the other day you said I am the street smart one. I you did. are the yeah, book in smart that, one. In that particular moment. Mm, don't don't go back on your words, Ben. So, so the reason you called yourself street smart was because you 
predicted correctly that there would be a bathroom in Nordstrom. <laughs> this is the kind of... Well, no, there was something else before that. And there was that. a bathroom in Nordstrom. There was something else before that. Anyway, yes. That's, that's street smart to the... I, I'm street smart, okay? Yeah, no, but you, you are right about a lot of things. I think a lot of practical things you but you're getting better at it i remember earlier on you sometimes were like dramatically wrong about some things but okay i see you're getting wiser thank you who was right about how to spell erwan this morning when putting it, it didn't into matter because the search knew yeah well I, I got that one right yeah well That's obviously so LA you're gonna be better to say. at spelling Do we now? <laughs> i don't care to spell erwan correctly <laughs> that's the difference between you and i benjamin yeah um, okay, so uh, pets. Do we want the same pets? This is a really big question if we're going to live together the rest of our lives. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, um, Come on. You, Who sends each other cat videos, dog videos? You, to me. You send me cat videos a lot. Ben's a cat guy. Well, I, it's not that I'm a cat person. It's just that I do find dogs annoying. I, the barking you just don't like the barking, me. but there are a lot of dogs that don't bark. That are restricted yeah, there with are their barking. Some, yeah, but the ones that do, I just can't. You just can't stand the dog in our building that, that the I don't owner mind that. lets out. I can barely hear that one. I'm talking about the dog you can't walk past it without it, like, yapping at you. We won't get a small dog. <laughs> and they don't, the they don't ever dogs. stop. I know, I know. It's bad training, though, too. So I think if we got a really cute, sweet little English Cocker Spaniel girl. Sure, but we've also got to have, like, the right place for yes, it. Because you can't, you can't have a dog like that if you're trying to, like, keep it in your handbag or something like that. You, no. It needs to, like, have a garden and, like, ideally really work one place where it lives. I agree. When we have our English farmhouse, then we will uh, we'll get some dogs and different sure. animals and sure. cats. We, want, we, we do want a cat and a dog together, right? We've spoken about this. That would be cute. Yeah. Um, I'm not passionate about pets, but I... I know you're not. They, they're fun. They're fun. So when we get married, how will we split finances, bills, childcare? Let's talk about the finance side of things. So a lot of people wrote in questions about finances because it's such a taboo topic. What are your thoughts on this? And I know we've started um, talking about it a little bit. I think bit. The, the, the main situation everyone's trying to avoid is one partner spending all of the money on themselves. I think that's... Basically, like the, the I think if you're if you're spending on stuff that you both agree on spending, then then that's that's great. So and you think splitting everything? Yeah, ideally. I mean, it is obviously if one if one partner has got a lot more money than the other, then then that's not obviously not going to work because you're not going to be able to do much, and not to your full potential anyway. Yeah, I think the only crisis to avoid there is yeah, someone just just taking the piss with. The other person's money, like, you know, particularly yeah. with spending stuff. We don't spend that much. No, we we, we don't. don't spend that crazy, certainly not to our potential, which I think is great. I think that's a really good culture to have. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people need to retrain their mind from like, as soon as I get money, I've got to spend it because getting the car or the whatever it is that more or less is to show off to other people. Keeping up with versus, the Joneses. Versus having an impressive... Portfolio. Sa saving, uh, savings account or portfolio. That should be cooler than, yeah, than, it is. than and we having agree with that. cars that are plummeting in value and et cetera. And you've taught me a lot about investing. So I, I really appreciate that. And with the money that I've earned, a lot of it has been advised by Ben, um, a lot of where we're putting it. Yeah. So do you agree with, you know, we haven't even spoken about this, splitting a bank account? When are we going to get a joint bank account? Yeah. How much do we put in there? And then I, I agree with keeping our own bank accounts too, because yeah, yeah. that just feels appropriate. Yeah, for spending money and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, there's a bit more accountability there. 
Wait, but then okay. things we share, like yeah, I think mortgage, got, like, child a, care. Yeah, if you've got a property and there's going to be a certain amount of property expenses, particularly also if you've got a mortgage on that property, it needs to be coming out of an account. Yeah. If you just pick one person's personal account, that's not really ideal. So, yeah, it makes sense for... for so when we close on our London place, we'll get a we'll joint get bank account? 100%, yeah. Okay. We'll get a UK bank with our address on it and things like that. That'd be really useful as well because then, you know, you've got the UK proof of address and things like that. You've got a bank statement with the, yeah. with the address. and Yeah, I think for properties, I, I bought a property with my brother and we got a joint bank account for that and I still have that one. When we sell it, I'll close that, definitely. Um, but yeah, the mortgage should be pulling out of a specific bank account. It shouldn't be someone's personal bank account that just gets messy. So what about, you know, if a woman listening earns a lot less than her counterpart? How do you feel about that? Because we're not in that position. I'm I'm earning a lot as a, you know, modern woman with her own business. And it, we don't have that conventional, quote, relationship. Where one person doesn't work and the other one exactly. does. Yeah. So what would you say to a woman listening where it's like, okay, wait, I'm going to split. Now you're telling me, and I know we're talking about our own unique scenario, but this woman might be thinking, okay, so you're telling me that because I'm staying home with the kids and my husband's working or I don't earn as much, maybe I'm in, you know, a job that's doing 30, 40K salary, my husband works in finance, he's earning, you know, 100K or so a year, and you're telling me that we need to split a bank, we have to get a joint bank account and split all of our finances um, equally. How do you feel about one person earning a lot more? Well, having the joint bank account doesn't mean you have to split everything 50-50. It just means that when when you're, you get your direct debits yeah. and charges for property-related stuff, it pulls from that account. And then together, you have to make sure that that is topped up. Yeah. And then I, I don't know what the right answer is, to be honest. You know, if someone, if someone really doesn't work, uh, he or she may not like the idea of like having a credit card with someone else's name on it and I don't know that might, might not feel right to mm -hmm. them so in that case I think you've got to come up with a plan and you probably would have a joint account there where you know it has the person's number on it they can actually feel like it is their money and they're not spending someone else's money and and you know feeling that way because they obviously do have duties that mm -hmm. should have a, a monetary value or a split value Mm -hmm. Child care. Like, yeah, seeing exactly. Seeing stay-at-home yeah. mom is a full-time yeah, job. Yeah, looking after all that kind of stuff. For sure. And you might be managing investments and stuff. I know, I know, like relatives of mine who have, who um, don't work, but they have a a wealthy spouse. But they've created a lot of wealth because they've managed these properties, or you know, and some mm -hmm. of these investments have made loads. Obviously, they didn't have the capital to start with, but from that capital, they've made a huge amount. They should consider that somewhat theirs. Yeah. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, I think you just got to come up with a, a fair plan. Talk about it early. Mm -hmm. um, come up, come up with a plan with with how that works and how it gives a fair amount of control to each person. Because also, it's like you know, if you're using someone else's card, you know, they can just yank that card once they're annoyed with you or something like that. And that's you know, that gets into a, a an unpleasant situation. You don't want to be. You don't want that leverage against yeah, you. So it shouldn't have be like very that. It shouldn't open be like communication. That. Particularly in marriage, yeah. Which brings me to the next question that was asked a lot. Thoughts on a prenup? We've had this conversation. It's we're in a unique scenario because we both have our own businesses and we've both built these businesses by ourselves. What do you think about a prenup? I know we have had very, you know, long discussions about this and we might have slightly opposing views, um, slightly similar views. Let's talk about it. Yes, yeah, so I to be honest, I don't know that much about it. I think there's a lot of uh, intricacies to it. 
uh, and legal stuff to it that I just don't know about. My knowledge is kind of just based on, it's just general knowledge about it. I feel like principle-wise, if you have a business and that partner really has nothing to do with that business, that really just shouldn't be on the table. Like, I, I, I do think it's a bit sad when you see a businesswoman or someone with a big business that everyone knows the like name of. Like you said, of. business I know, I'm being careful here. <laughs> um, don't be careful. Be nor- you know, you don't have to talk about Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, their ex-wives, like businesswoman, yes. Yeah. She would have like a big business that we yeah. all know maybe is worth a billion or something like that. And then just, just because of the state that they're married in and where they live or whatever, that person then owns as much of that business after the divorce as the person who founded it and built it, even though they've had absolutely nothing to do with it. And that just seems absurd to me. I don't know if it always turns out that way. I think there's a lot of negotiation in it. Yeah. But that just seems silly to me. I, I feel like if you've got your own business and there's some, and your partner's not involved, it really should just be off the table. Then what if one partner sells that business? Is that all that profit then in your eyes? Should that be shared? Oh, you mean you mean the, the, yeah. the capital gain that they've yeah. got from that business? Ugh. Oh, that's a difficult thing because then it becomes savings, doesn't it? Mm. I really don't know the answer. I don't mm. know what's normally done here. I think. I think it's it's very unique, and people are now more and more because women are creating their own businesses more and more compared to the 1900s. You know, no woman was really a big entrepreneur, and now it's changing yeah. so rapidly that I think. Um, you know, I was listening to a podcast. I think it was on uh, the podcast we met at Acme, and uh, and I was listening to a you know divorce lawyer talking about prenups and how they're a lot more common now. So yeah, you know, from our past conversations, I know that you've said you know the the purpose of a marriage is to be together and to to just you know your your downfalls are my downfalls, your highs yeah, are you're my one, highs. You're one person. You're like uh, you're one person. That's, that's the idea of marriage, I think. Uh, originally, I'm. I've been struggling because I don't hundred percent agree with with that. And I know we've had this conversation. And um, you know, I feel like when you talk about a prenup, it's the worst case scenario. Prenup will only have effect or be, you know, or come to life if you get a divorce, mm-hmm. right? It's more so something. And I believe, and this is why I do what I would like a prenup. Um, and because I've, I've been, you know, that podcast really taught me a lot and opened up my eyes a lot to it. And uh, I'm confident to say that because I don't want money to ever have to do with us not getting a divorce or getting a divorce. I want to be with you for the rest of my life. And that's 100% something I know. I feel like having a prenup makes it so that you don't, you're not staying together for the money. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely think. But I think there's like, a lot of there's like a whole spectrum of prenups. You can yeah. get some quite aggressive ones, and then you can get I don't know some quite simple ones. I, I would I be happy thought... to do a simple one. Like I I'm also not in the boat of like you know like being aggressive and this is like all oh, mine. But I yeah. also want to respect like you're building your business right now too. I would feel uncomfortable taking that money from you. Yeah. And maybe it's because I'm a strong woman and I have my own business and yeah. I have my own funds, but. It goes both ways. It's not me protecting. It's also me respecting. I agree. I, I, it makes you wonder who who is that person that wants to take four hundred million or something when it's like, come on, is if you you think you're entitled to four hundred million or something from someone else yeah. that's created a massive business? Like, take twenty, take thirty. I mean, uh, whatever. And then, I mean, there's so much to it yeah. that I don't even know about. Like, some sometimes you, the people have to carry on paying people afterwards and things like that. That seems crazy to me. But yeah, I think I think I guess something simple that just takes some things off the table 
because uh, I think once you when, when you've bought properties together or you've got like combined savings things That's like that, joint. then yeah. then then yeah, splitting that up can be difficult. And marriage just says 50-50. Whereas I think yeah, things like your businesses I, I should be kind of off the table. If there's if a prenup can just define some obvious things that are off the table. And yeah, I mean, maybe you're right. You know, if one person has exited and sold the business for a lot, then that, I don't know. I don't know how you would take that off the table, but maybe yeah. there's some way. But yeah, I think you just, it, the whole point of this is to try and make it fair, but they do get abused and marriage gets abused. You know, I think we're in a unique situation. We both have successful businesses. Yeah, that are we, independent. We have very independent businesses. And, of course, we help each other out with things once in a while when it comes to both of our knowledge on certain topics in the business. But, you know, we take what we want from those businesses, and then we we do kind of share that. You know, we're buying yeah. a property together in London, yeah. and that's going to be both of ours, right? Yeah. And it's going to be split 50-50, and uh, no matter what, you know, one person puts in and the other doesn't, we're, we're really, I think we're fair. I appreciate that. And I also feel like, you know, it, it's just an organic, natural thing to want to have conversations like that. And open communication will be key for us. And I think we do agree, though. I, I don't think yeah. we disagree on this. I think we agree on on the prenup thing because when when I'm telling you, you know, it's more about respect than protection necessarily. Yeah, and knowing, you agree with knowing that. where you are as yeah, well. It's good to know where you are. Whereas where someone, someone goes through through the whole relationship thinking something and the other person's thinking something so it gets it out on the table. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Okay, so moving on from that uncomfortable topic that everyone should be talking about with their fiancés. We have to talk about some boundaries when it comes to spending time with the opposite sex. That was another thing that came up. You know, what does your fiancé consider cheating? And what are some boundaries that you would like to make when it comes to me hanging out with men? Not that I do that, but like, you know, and you hanging out with women. If it's a coworker or, you know, a, a friend. I'm, I'm so grateful and lucky that you don't really have any female friends because I would just be... <laughs> Do you have girl. more than me? I have more male. Well, yeah. the male friends, I guess, that I have, well, like Jared is a good friend of mine, but hit, we went to his wedding. I love his wife. And, you know, I introduced you guys. You guys are now friends. I feel like I don't have any male friends that are like single and, you know, in a weird, like I don't, I'm no, not interested no. in that. But I feel like we have a lot of mutual friends now that are male and female. Yeah. yeah. You know? I feel like um, I would get a bit less leeway. <laughs> than you would, as you just said, then you'd struggle if I had female friends. Well, it depends on what the scenario is. You're talking to women, what you're looking for a new manufacturer for your products now, and you're talking, that, that's more of a work thing. I'm totally cool when it comes to work things, and most yeah. of the men well, that I talk to are work-related. Yeah, that, uh, that, would be, that would be nutty to, to, to try and stop your partner from talking to someone <laughs> from the other sex when they're trying to get business done. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. Then also you said, like, what's the definition of cheating? Because yeah. you told me, like, watching porn is cheating or something. I never or told using, you that. You said using I, VR goggles. Yeah, VR watching, porn is cheating in my mind because Not it's the, so <laughs> to be real. Clear, I don't, <laughs> then, don't use that. I know we bought those VR goggles, but we porn didn't, is You banned. did. I didn't use them. I don't know how to use them. Perfect. <laughs> we'll continue it that way. Stay away from them. You guys have to agree with me here. I've had this conversation Why with Why is that people. cheating, though? It's, it's a screen, but it's just closer to your eyes. No, Ben. You are immersed. This is pure academic conversation. You are immersed in the VR world oh, you, when you, you put like those you goggles it. on. Ben, I did that roller coaster thing on VR, yeah. and I got nauseous. It is so real life. Yeah. It's but not. how is that cheating? 
Because it's not, when you're looking at a screen watching porn, you are very aware the whole time that you're looking at a little screen. You're pretty aware that you're in VR. Ben, when you're in VR, it is so much easier to fantasize and visualize. No, no, but you're in it. You are immersed in it. You sound British, in it. In it. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) You're immersed in it. And I believe, I don't think it's like, it's not like we'd break up because you're cheating on me, but it would be a serious conversation that we'd have. And this is a huge topic because VR is getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, you've had friends try VR porn, you've told me, right? And it, they tell you it seems freaking real. You are in it. You, like, you literally, like, you can look down and see legs. You can look around the room. You are in fantasy land and it's so accurate. Fantasy land. Ben, if you're looking, the roller coaster thing is a really good example because if you're looking at a screen being on a roller coaster, you don't get a physical sensation of being nauseous. Try the roller coaster ride on our VR headset. You will feel nauseous. You have to take off the goggles. You're like, oh my God, I just did a loop and like you want to fall on the floor. It is so real, but I'm glad that you don't want to do it anyway. So it's fine, right? I'm cool. sure it's not even that good. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's stop talking about porn because I obviously... I'm not a huge fan of it. I think it, you know, really numbs men out to what is appropriate in the bedroom. Not that you've ever, I don't think, been like, inappropriate. Like, it's not like you have these very weird bland fantasies. T- very bland tastes. You have very bland tastes <laughs> in very, porn. Very standard. Yeah. Um, I'm about missionary. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I do consider that on the edge of cheating. And it's super strange to me and very sad, I think, if especially if men look at the same porn stars over and over again, that's really sad to me because it's like you, you're fantasizing about one woman. Yeah. Um, so but at the same like time, that. some women like have public crushes on celebrities and things. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I, I don't think I have that with anyone, to be honest with no. you. No, neither. Yeah, I had a weird small crush on Jason Siegel for like five minutes three years ago. Remember that? That's a strange one. Yeah, it was weird. But again, past... Well and done. Um, But yeah, so going back to the point, what do we consider cheating? I consider like romantically even texting, not even if you you hadn't, you know, made out or had sex with the person, I feel like it would be a a considered cheating if one of us was flirting or sexting with someone else. Sexting. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) Well, duh, but like some people would say, no, that's not cheating because it's not in person making out with someone. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you consider that cheating too. flirting's different to sexting. Okay, yeah, harmless flirting, totally fine. I think it's healthy, actually, as we go on for decades in this relationship together. If you're in... Good to know. If you're in line at the grocery store and, you know, the cashier kind of, you know, just... Like at everyone, the girl looked me up and down. Yeah, she was just seeing if you were famous or not. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think so. She was looking me up and down being like, the fuck are you wearing? I think it was what it was. So it wasn't flirting. I was also like... Or or it was just like... She was like one of those LA girls that just doesn't care at all. So she kind of like looks over and then, you know how you might look at a dog and just carry on staring <laughs> at it like that. And even though it's looking back at you, just like, so that was basically this, the thing she did at me. And I didn't look back either. I was just like. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think harmless flirting is actually healthy and I'm, I'm okay, okay with that. That's good. Good. Yeah. Well, don't go out of your way. If it happens uh, and it makes wait, your little ego get okay. all inflamed, then sure. <laughs> Great, good to know. <laughs> but harmless is, is yeah, the key. Yeah, but yeah, any any I mean. type of like, oh, can I have your number? It's like can that we text? Dad in fa- uh, Modern Family or whatever. He keeps getting caught out in those situations. Yeah, Phil. That's, that's almost like his whole character. Yeah, Phil. Hilarious. Okay, let's talk about our future. 
and I know we've kind of already spoken about this, but what scares you the most about being a dad, becoming Uh, a dad? The change of life, the kind of limits that you may or may not get. I think, you know, different people do it in different ways. You know, they get a different amount of help and things like that. But I have seen some people that it's just consumed their life and they are so limited. Um, Even if they can get help, they refuse to because they want that control. That's something we've noticed in some people that we know or have seen on the internet. And we, we both agree with, you know, it takes a village and we're happy to, you know, if we are, and we hopefully will still be financially safe enough to have that help and have that luxury. I know a lot of people do not get that luxury, but we're aligned with that, that we would want, you know, other people to be involved. Yeah, I don't like the idea of, uh, like, having rules, like, you need to be back at this time, you need to do this, that. I mean, I I guess there will be an inevitable You mean, just to, be, to, just to clarify for the audience, you don't like the rule from the wife to the husband, you have to do this. For, for the kids, obviously, you want structure. And- yeah, obviously, there'll be a certain amount of responsibility that you'll... Have, but yeah, I, I know certain people that have Tight complete leash. rules, yeah, and Tight a leash, and it's, it's just so common, and that scares me a little bit. We've had this conversation. I follow someone on Instagram. I actually love her page, Gigi from Delahart, and she talks about how her husband and her, they prioritize their relationship more than anything else. So they'll often go on trips by themselves and leave the kids at home with the grandparents. With, with someone, yeah. Yeah, so... We agree, I think, with that as well is, of course, when we have children, they will be an incredible part of our life and we're going to be so excited, but we really want to keep our heads screwed on when it comes to our relationship being number one. And that's something that is so easy to let fall by the wayside. But I I truly think that that's, you know, going to be what happens with us. And I hope it is. What kind of mom do you see me as? Um, A great mom. I, um, I think... Yeah, I, I mean, you've got all the skills and tools, I think, to raise a kid in the perfect way. Um, I think you'll you'll be um, firm and good at guiding them, but also kind of keep them very happy and they'll feel very comfortable with you. Thank um, you. That makes no, me really I, I happy. think you're, you're an excellent candidate. <laughs> I feel like I was born to be a mama. Yeah. I can't wait. And I'm so glad that we've both done so much of this personal work on ourselves over the years before yeah, becoming parents. Before reflecting it on another human. 100%. Yeah. And I, by the way, I I think that you're going to be an incredible dad too. Thank you. You're Maybe just going in some to, of the later years, I'm, I'm yeah, quite but, clueless about the ben, early ones. you're going to learn. I know you have no idea what it's like to have a newborn, and I guess I don't either, but I've seen a lot, and I babysat a lot growing up. You know, for all of my teenage years, it was always babysitting, and um, I have a family with a lot of children, and I know that you had limited interaction with children. I worked at a school. I know, but that was with older kids. It wasn't with Yeah, yeah. Babies. They were from like seven years yeah, old yeah, yeah. to, to 12. So that's why maybe you're more comfortable with the older kids because you know them more. You you aren't comfortable with what you don't know. And But going back to the it's point. It's not just that, but yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. It's the primal thing too. But I think you're going to be an incredible father because you're so easygoing. And I feel like people just feel at ease when they're around you and you don't want to be this authoritative, like mean figure at all and you want to be this open you know charismatic person that you are and I think we're going to be a a really good team when it comes to that it will be interesting to see who makes more rules because I know we spoke about this and you said oh Mimi you're totally going to make more of the rules and I said no but I want you to be that father figure I want to have that traditional um, relationship where the dad is like 
the father figure who make who like you don't want to make dad angry. Oh yeah, yeah, no. The the rules will be there'll be less rules from me, but they'll be but they'll be uh, very stern, harshly enforced. Harshly. Well, not, no, but I think yeah, they're more likely to be more rules from you. But, but I want you to step into that though. I want I you to 100%. remember to step into that because I love my parents, but my mom was the only rule maker in the house. My dad was very submissive, and I love him, and he's the best guy ever. But I think I lacked some of that father discipline growing up. I mean, there was a lot on my mom's shoulders to kind of keep the fort down with that because my dad just let her, you know, it just became what happened. And I don't want that in our future. Well, I had I had plenty of I know. That, and you so, don't, you're yeah, not possible. It's not possible for you for as me. a person to be submissive, but I'm just putting that out there that I want you to have that, you know, authoritative yeah. energy iron about fist. you. Not, not an iron fist, but... Yeah, and I think we agree on a lot when it comes to parenting. Like, we would never, uh, you know, hit a Slap child. Them around, no. no, we would never do that. No. That is unacceptable. There's no need for that. That's 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 a weakness. Like, if you can't um, regulate their emotions. Yeah, that. before that, then that, that's you, you're failing, and up until till then. Totally, there aren't a lot of templates <laughs> for the kind of life that we want. Big, global, unconventional, many properties around the world both of us successful entrepreneurs. Is there a couple that you admire or see yourself or us emulating? Uh, a couple. Um, um, Who do we look up to when it comes to our future life? Uh, I don't think there's anyone particularly in, in that we've long-term thought about or anything like that. We've just had our, our, our own goals. And But that being said, your um, great uncle and his wife have a great time. Yeah. And, and they're very, very happy. We've known them for long enough to see that they're definitely very genuinely happy. Mm-hmm. They're very fun and childlike at an older age, which is definitely like us, particularly me. Yeah. I, I'm certainly going to be childish all the way, all the way through, and have no intention to be anything different. But it's great to see someone about to hit eighty who's still who's still that kind of joyful and childish, and also has achieved a huge amount and lives a very grand life. He lives in the Bahamas. We didn't yeah. really know him until we moved to the Bahamas. Yeah, but he's, he's they've been become amazing. very good friends of ours yeah. since. And I think... They um, live an amazing lifestyle. They're, yeah, they're very respected. People um, love them very much. They they're give, happy. They give back a they're lot. Happy. They're very happy. Yeah, they just they live good lives. I think that's all I want to do is live a great life. I mean, right now I do. Yeah. Right now I think how I live is... Awesome. I absolutely love it. And it's not just because I'm the most happy, positive person. I've definitely had You've long had stints moments. of years yeah. where I've been like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, You're very resilient. Right now. Reasonably, yeah. You but, are. Um, you don't give up. Yeah. But I've, I've definitely been unhappy for long periods. And right now I'm very happy and I can only see it getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on the right path for sure. Yeah. You know, out of curiosity, what, what you think about this, how much of our relationship is a product of meeting the right person and how much of it has to do with becoming the right person? Uh, when we first met, it was a a very obvious good match personality-wise. So that was an incredibly good starting point. I've had girlfriends before and they're just, they're just not the right person. So you're kind of like, there's only so, so much you can do. You have these continual buts that you're always going to knock up against that we just don't have, so we don't have to worry about. Like what? What kind of butts well, do you look, have if, with the Well, if next? one person needs more 
emotional energy and support than the other and has less care for the other person's emotional support. And, you know, there's a big mismatch there. If there's, like, big big areas of mismatch uh, where one person just requires a lot more looking after than the other and and doesn't doesn't care to return that, then you're just going to live a life of, like, service. You're just going to be, like, serving this person and looking after them the whole time. And that's just yeah. not the optimum thing that yeah. you could be living. How would you describe my fighting style? Emotional. How we argue. Emotional? Yeah. What about yours? Uh, the opposite, probably. Stonewalling. No, I would say logical. <laughs> Mr. Logistician. Logistician. Yeah. So we yeah. did this personality, the 16personalities.com test. Accurate. And Ben is a logistician. Very logical, analytical. I'm a campaigner, <laughs> apparently. You guys should go do that test. It's really interesting. But uh, yeah, you know, we've had a lot of evolvement. We've we've seen a lot of evolvement when it comes to our fighting. Do you remember when we first started dating? The fights we would get in. They would just blow up and we did not know how to communicate. And they just became so much bigger than they had to be yeah. because of both parties. And I know... In the past, you've said, well, Mimi, they wouldn't have blown up so much if you didn't blow up so much, but no. I, did, I didn't know how to handle you. Didn't, no, you didn't know. Not, not that you didn't know how to handle me. You didn't know the best reactions to have at the beginning, you know, to, to make me understand that you're not meaning what, what you might have been meaning in my mind. Does that make sense? So, you know, just being very clear, Mimi, you know, I love you, but I need, you know, 20 minutes to just revel in this before we have this conversation. Yeah. Um, not you know, the silent treatment or not talking or being, um, you know, just blank face, emotionless. That's actually the biggest thing that I think would make me more emotional in an argument is when you're emotionless and that's your way of of naturally coping with being overwhelmed by the emotion that I am exuding. So we've spoken about this. We actually went to therapy last year. Let's talk about that a little bit. In your opinion, why did we go to therapy? Um, also, whose idea was it, and how did we get to that place? And tell me a bit about your experience with it. It was your idea. Yeah. You wanted to do it. What was your um, one rule? Quite. Um, and at first, I was just like, like a lot of men, British. I was just like, no. Yeah, but and you're British, so they don't talk about their feelings as much. Yeah. So I was just like, no. Uh, also, it wasn't just that. It was just thinking about, like, why we, why would it, we be shelling out this this money to just, like, chat to someone else. It's just the whole idea seemed absurd to me. But then I guess I kind of, like, warmed down to it because at least... at least, rule? Well, I think my thinking at the time was, like, at least I can then say, look, I've said yes to everything you wanted to do to, to help solve this. But I didn't expect it to be as helpful as it was. The one rule that I gave into it was that it's got to be a bloke a guy. A guy for non-British <laughs> people. Um, why Why did you want it to be a guy? Well, at the time, I originally thought, this person's more likely to take my side. But then I didn't realize that that's not what therapist does at all. Um, so I, I envisioned this, like, hellish situation where you've pulled some therapist that you've done a podcast with on <laughs> to sit me down and basically like do a two-person bollocking on me and then I'd just be like fuck off both of you <laughs> and that was, that's the why the way I, your brain works <laughs> <laughs> 
That was just what I envisioned therapy would be like. But, hmm, ben, maybe you're a little bit toxic and masculine and you should <laughs> consider um, being a bit more feminine and maybe... And I'd be like, fuck this. <laughs> um, and I don't know, all I just see, like, to, you bringing on another person with your viewpoint to, <laughs> to tag team me or whatever. Um, I was wouldn't kind of do what, that. No, I know. And that's not what happened. So yeah. then I was like, ben right, if I extremist. say it's a guy <laughs> and I have to approve the guy, then that can't happen. I felt like that was a good chess move. So then we found Bill. And then we found Bill. Uh, and Bill, uh, we did like the interview with him. He was finding me hilarious in the interview, strangely. And we were getting on. So I thought, Bill's going to take my side. Ben, it's not about before, taking a well, side. I found that out. So... <laughs> This is where I <laughs> realized. And then I started, Bill started letting me down. In the <laughs> Bill started telling you started, that there are some started, things you needed to started, improve. I'd put something out there where Bill's going to be like, okay, yeah, she's crazy. I need to have a word with her on, the, on a solo call. Oh, I was going to, yeah, I was going to like, Bill. So this happened, Bill, <laughs> right? And then that was just not what happened. And Bill was like, well, then how, how do you think that she was feeling when she was doing that? And I was like, <laughs> Bill. Um, Bill, I'm paying you. <laughs> um, and then, I don't know, it's like, I, I thought, I remember thinking during the time, like, we're just shooting the shit here. We're just, like, talking nonsense, like, going over some of our arguments and things here. And he was, like, asking some questions and things like that. And he was supposed to be doing, where we were doing the, the uh, Zotman method or something. Was it? Uh, Gottman, 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 the Gottman method. Institute. It's yeah. amazing for Which anyone listening. It's logical. It, it um, has a framework, and it's logical, and it's even follow them on Instagram. It's such an informative account yeah, to follow. it was good, yeah. Um, and he was following this method. And I think, I mean, he, I think we were supposed to kind of, like, say what was going on, and then he prescribes some things that we do and stuff like that. But he, and he kind of did that, but he didn't quite do that. It's not, I didn't feel like I left with like some homework where it was like, you need to do this, this, this step. But then strangely, since we did it, and it was only like three calls maybe? Or four? Yeah, we did like, no, but then we did the solo calls together. We, yeah. we did one-on-ones so with him. Three, three couples calls and one solo call each. Yeah, it, we it, didn't it was, do a lot. It wasn't even that much. And it solved the But problem. then afterwards, we just did not get in big fights. And we haven't. And and fights can can de-escalate, whereas they used to there used to be no way. It was like it would be the tiniest thing. It would be I ate too much cottage cheese. And wait, no, no, no. We need to. We this which was is a genuine case. The funniest story. We need to talk about this. And then can I can I tell the story? Or if you want to tell the story, feel yeah, free. yeah. I'm just going to finish what I was okay, saying. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. So it, it starts from the tiniest, stupidest thing, and it would always go to volcanic eruption, like complete Armageddon. It would be nuclear fallout afterwards. It would have to go all the way to that stage for it to even settle, and that was where the pattern was just getting completely out of hand. And I just had no idea how to like using the nuclear an analogy again. It was like there was like a critical mass. Once it like got past a certain point, it was just like meltdown, Chernobyl. And there was just no way we could avoid anything from that. And this might be like Chernobyl from, we went to bed at 11 and we got in like a little, very little argument there and then it's 4am and it's just mayhem and you're like bawling your eyes out. And What's the biggest I'm, lesson you learned from this therapy? And um, then we'll get into the cottage cheese How story. to handle you. Because like he got you to say it, some it was, things. No, but it was really the biggest thing that changed was your reaction and your yeah. communication. Which is which is me realizing how how to engage with you better. 
or just understanding, understanding you better. that no, or just understanding that when you communicate in an open and loving way, fights don't escalate. Just like with me, if I communicate something to you in an open and loving way, you don't get incredibly upset because you understand that I still love you, but we're having this conversation. So I think you learning that to be a little bit softer, even when you feel attacked or in the right you know, just having an open, loving conversation, not yeah. not yeah. being submissive and saying, okay, you're right. Sometimes when we have arguments, even still, you're like, okay, well, you're, you want me just to say you're right. But no, the truth is I don't want you to, to just tell me that I'm right. I want you to just be loving and open and have a conversation. Yeah, so to have that underlying tone of yeah. being loving. Yeah, it's us is, against is the problem, not the us against biggest. each other. It's probably the biggest thing. And also like how to do it in practice and how to see the other person's reactions and what they're saying in a, in a different light so that it doesn't trigger that reaction of, God, this person's annoying or um, I just want to get out of this or I can't believe how they're behaving. It's annoying me so much kind of thing. I think, so, the, best, I think the best thing that we learn in couples therapy is that it is us against the problem, not us against yeah, each other. Yeah, I know, other. that sounds like a cliche. When you do it, it's it gives you a bit more than just that kind of tagline. No, but I, sure, it's a quote, and you can call it cliche, but it is honestly a state of mind when arguing, remembering that we're not in a battle. We are together trying to communicate about an issue that we're facing. Yeah. And, and there are ways that you can think about things that, that stop yourself from getting so annoyed as well. Yeah. Um, but it's worked. So what? why did we stop therapy? I don't know. I think I felt like we were getting some progress and then we could like see how, how, that, how that worked. And if we ever needed it again, we'd go straight back to Bill, I'm sure. Remember our last fight? Was it a month or so ago? It got bad for the first time in a while. And I like emailed Bill during the fight being like, we need to have yeah, another call. Yeah, and there's another thing I don't think you should, because that's almost like a thing that to use against the other person. I don't no, think you should not. email during... Okay. The argument. Maybe it wasn't the best timing, but I was so upset because we weren't using the tools we had learned. And then yeah, after you admitted to slipping. it, you're like, okay, yeah. you know, I did not but use the tools. But we've had since then that, that have been much more enlightened. A hundred percent. We've yeah. done, most of our fights so are bad So it now. was one lull. Yeah. And it was nothing like, it and wasn't And you convincing me that it was, no, but it was still bad. But you convincing me that it was a one-off made me, like, not want to do that session with him again because you could recognize that it but, was a one-off. But we can do sessions with him, but it shouldn't It shouldn't be used as, like, a tool of, like... I don't think it was used as a tool. I think it was simply, I'm really upset because we're not using the tools that we learned, so let's do a refresher. Yeah. And anyway. then you can, you can always do the refresher, et cetera. Yeah, you know, a lot of people say that we should just do couples therapy as maintenance, but we only Ongoing, really go yeah. to solve the problem that we're looking to solve. But yeah. maybe we do maintenance once in yeah. a while. Yeah, we haven't seen him in, you know, eight months, but... Yeah. Okay, so wrapping up, this has been a great interview, Ben. To close this season, you know that I'm highlighting becoming your ultimate future self. And you've heard me ask this prompt as you've been in the studio with all the other <laughs> podcasts I've done on this trip. I'd love to know from you. Ben, five years from now, his ultimate future self that he is, he is working towards, that he aims to be. What are you doing? Where are you living? How much money are you earning? What is your lifestyle like? And who are you as a person? Um, so I'd like to still have, like, be based in the Bahamas. 
I want a place in London and I want to be spending as much time as I can there as well. So kind of lives a split life. This is five years from now. Well, it, just like the a goal. Not yeah. 20 years, but not six um, months. Just kind of like a, a goal that you're working towards that's going to take a lot of effort. He's definitely richer. He's got a higher, higher net worth. Um, what net worth would you feel satisfied with? Money in the know. bank. I don't I don't know if I want to say that on a, on a podcast, okay. but um, yeah, just a decent net worth. I mean, I, I'm not someone that needs to be like a billionaire or anything like that, but I want to have really good reserves. Like I feel like a fortress around me and something that if I wanted to, I could retire on, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to. And in and also just like I like to manage a portfolio, you know, mm -hmm. I, like, I like having, uh, you know, some funds to be able to do some decent moves with. You know, it's it's a fun thing as well as uh, I'd rather have like a nice big portfolio than like a bunch of cars or something like that. I'd much rather have that, and it's a hell of a lot less stupid. So I'd like to be um, a little bit fitter, like a little bit more You're muscular. You're so in shape right now. I'm in shape, obviously, but it's like a, it's like anything else. It's like you know, a little. It's not obsessive. It's mm -hmm. not like something that I feel I feel great where I am. But, You're but it could be better, shape. you know, and it's and it's uh, and it's good to pursue, yeah, um, improvement, um, and I enjoy the process. So, and then what were the other? You know, who is he? Like, where is he who living? Is he? is he in five um, years? He, he like... might have a. Well, he'd be married then for sure. He might. To who? He might have a child. We'll see. <laughs> uh, he might have a child by then, probably. Um, yeah. And or two. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean. Don't you want to have a bit of a gap? Maybe. Yeah, that's another thing we should probably talk about. Yeah. And then other than that, I want to be, I don't want to be overly stressed either. Not like I am now. Um, I want, I'm going for the for the long run. I want a long, happy life. I'm not trying to like burn out and reach whatever at a certain age. It's a long-term, enjoyable journey. So, yeah. Beautiful. Well, Ben... Where can everyone find you? <laughs> I don't think you right even... now. Yeah, Pasadena. Okay. <laughs> um, depends. It'll be the Bahamas or London. That's where they can find me. You don't need to follow me. There's no need. <laughs> I don't, don't post very him. much. He doesn't post. Don't. No, he Just doesn't don't. want you to. Yeah. DM me though if, uh, if, if you want to flirt. Ben. Amy gave me the go ahead there. So one girl actually remember that girl that DM'd you that follows me that was like trying to flirt with you. I've got. I've always got several. In the 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 requests section, How, sometimes I think it's girl? men pretending to be women. Maybe, but what kind of girl follows someone on Instagram, follows a woman, and DMs her husband or fiance probably or boyfriend? A, probably a man pretending to be a, oh, a no. woman. Oh no, some girls out there. Who knows? <laughs> you will never know. It's just a profile. <laughs> anyway, thank you for coming on. I love My you, pleasure. and this was so much fun. Love you too. Did you know if you leave a rating or review on this podcast, the algorithm is going to target you with more content that you enjoy. And please leave us a rating or review on our podcast. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time.